It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Minute Tim's flagship podcast number 319. I'm your host, Jamie. I'm joined by Stephen. What's happening? And Melly. Yes. We nothing to talk about this week. No referees. Varkley yeah. all up. Nothing to worry about. I think, Stephen, you will appreciate that the VAR integration was <laughs> seamless. <laughs> Absolutely seamless. Nothing to see here. Nothing to talk about. Case closed. What were we worried about? Absolutely. Mm. It's cleared up every ounce of controversy there's ever been about officiating in this country in one fell swoop. One weekend, it's all dealt with. There is simply nothing to talk about. No talking points from the weekend. Very event-free against us. Tumbleweed in the 20-minute Tim studio this week. It will be... We sat last week, Melly, and we all agreed that we, you know, and you can look back at last week's episode, we're going to give VAR a fair crack. We are the pundits. We need to give it a fair crack. We need to be on the level. Don't say we are the pundits. And we are <laughs> the pundits. What that stands for. Hashtag WATP. We are the pundits, right? We were going to give it a fair crack, right? And uh, Nick Walsh was first up. Uh, to officiate a Celtic game with Varnick Walsh, renowned for his competency, um, <laughs> was first was first up to officiate a Celtic game with VAR. And what I found about the VAR, Stephen, was it's fantastic. It's shown up how incompetent the referees oh, are. First of all, some of the, the I've since seen back several highlights of other games as well. Obviously, the, the Celtic and Hearts game was a major one because there's a lot of stuff to get mm-hmm. through in that one. But I've seen highlights back on good old sports scene. Have shown the, the highlights of some of the rest of them. And the the hot debate over the last number of years, however, 20 years probably, is about refs being full-time, part-time and all that, and how mm. good can they possibly be? They don't have full-time training and all that. Decent wage for it, right? Yes. Enough, but, um, you know, 800 quid or whatever it is per game. It's all right. It's not too bad. It's not bad. But I could tell from watching that, a, a few of them were just like, I kind of preferred where I was, mate. I, I kind of liked it when we were just, we were just incompetent because we were part-time and now we're being forced to do this stuff that's bringing us all straight back into the limelight again. Well, the problem the referees have got, Melly, is well, one of the, the excuses was that the VAR was taking too long, right? So we'll have the full dissection of VAR. So the complaint was, these decisions are taking too long. And there was people going, you know, it's teething problems. You need to give them a chance to work it out and blah, blah, blah. No, no, this has been trial for months. You don't really get teething problems with something that's been trialed for months. Secondly, all it is is a TV screen at the side of the pitch and a, a radio connected to some more TV screens. It's not... Goals you know, plus at the yeah, side of the yeah, pitch, basically. <laughs> it's not the most complicated thing that you have to master and work out, but still, Nick Walsh seemed to make a holix of it. So the first was... The first decision of contention was um, the chopped-off Anthony Ralston goal. Yep. Um, as far as I could tell, Nick Walsh blew for a free kick... Um, which wasn't a free kick anyway so he blew for that ahead of the goal going in and then the goal was chopped off Is, was that was that the, the, the events was it ball goes in free kick blown yep. we still played after it and the ball ended up at the back of the net my problem there was wasn't a free kick in the first place she blown for yeah and look it's not even she <laughs> blown for it's <laughs> the whole point of VAR is that you've got a get out clause if you make a mistake and mm. if you're like Nick Walsh you make lots of mistakes you've got a get out here you can let the play go and then you can be let it be known that VAR will tell you if you've got it wrong mm-hmm. can't even do that minutes into the game he gets it wrong 
It was terrible for the offset because there was one, a cross comes over, Maeda hits a shot, it hits a guy's face, he yeah. goes down holding his face, goal kick to Hearts. Yes. Cool. So you knew from the offset this is going to be a badging, but the, the Ralston one, like, the whole thing about this is it takes away, referees can have a cop out and go, oh, I'll just let play run on, so if even if I do get it wrong, which I likely will if I'm Nick Walsh, I've got something that can get me out of jail here. He gives up that as well. Yeah. You're like, come on, well, mate. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not going to defend Nick Walsh's bad decision making there, right? Like but it sounds like I'm winding up to do it. I know, but I suppose I would say to that Stephen was, if he thinks a foul has been committed, you can blow for that at any time yeah. because Celtic may not have scored, and then VAR would never have flagged it up, and the foul would never have been given. My point is, was not a foul in the first place? No, it's, it's very hard to spot what was. Yeah, what they were getting at really. There was a minor little. Pull of a shot somewhere, but in between Jackie Mackey's and Carter Vickers and a couple of defenders, nothing you don't see at every corner. So if you start blowing up for things like that, and the things we're seeing as well with, we'll maybe get to later, but encroachment of the penalty mm. area. Now, if we're looking at that now because of VAR, which, which is fair enough, it's it's one of the things that will be you know, introduced to, to take care of, but we never paid a blind bit of attention to that before. So if we're now pulling up for minor little again this has yeah. nothing to do with that if the ref is looking at that and seeing a tiny little tug of a jersey that doesn't it doesn't impede a player's run or anything mm. like that it hasn't stopped him it's just that he'd pulled the jersey and then let go of it so if we're getting to that stage I find that very odd but so your advice to Nick Walsh would be what Melly said your advice would be in situations like that just let the play go on and if it ends up being a goal you'll have your opportunity at the VAR review yeah, of the goal to chop it off. Even at that, I wouldn't even allow. I wouldn't even let it go that far. I just I don't think it's a foul in the first place. I no. know he thinks he's seen one, and therefore I suppose it's within his right to blow his whistle if he thinks he spotted a foul. Mm. So in a, in many ways, I'm pro I'm probably just saying no. That's a bad decision to give that foul. No, forget VAR. Forget yeah. VAR picking it up and all that. I just I don't think it was a foul in the first place. It, the second one, Melly Stephen touched on was um yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> that's what we're gonna be discussing Strap today, in, folks. Yeah, you, I mean we didn't ask for VAR. VAR's arrived and yeah. it's you know up to us to discuss it. So uh, the second one was the penalty, the first penalty. Now that was Cameron Carter Vickers. Yep. Penalty or not, and you're. Forget VAR, forget everything else, just a tackle penalty. Aye, penalty, definite penalty. Was that, would you call it a stone waller? Aye. Would Stephen, if you were eight yards for that, would you <laughs> would you have missed it? <laughs> looking directly at it. If you were eight yards for that looking directly at it, would you have missed it? No, probably Nick not. Nick Walsh did. Um, <laughs> thankfully for Nick Walsh though, there's VAR. So the play goes on quite rightly. Um, he gets a wee word in his ear. I joked last week that I joked last week that he would get a beeper and then he would have to run to a landline and someone would fax him a picture Aye. of the incident that probably would have been quicker than the mm. near two minutes it took for them to, I don't know, he had his hand on his ear for two minutes. They do that. There's a lot of gesticulation with yeah. VAR. I've noticed there's in old. increased gesticulation is one of the things that you see with VAR. He had this for 90 seconds. It must have been, to be fair, that must have been the longest 90 seconds of his life. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. I a lot of them look like they don't want to be there anymore yeah. as well. So I think we might see a few a few retirements. So I don't know what's happening in his ear, but as far as I understand, that VAR, all that's happening is, all right, ref, I think there was a penalty there with Carter Vickers. You might want to take another look at that. We've put it on the monitor. Then off he tots, over at the monitor, and he awards a penalty. Joe, we'll be seeing in his, his ear that the entire time. Hello, sexy. <laughs> just, just thinking about you. <laughs> probably listening You're people. a soapy. <laughs> probably listening to people just argue. Just argue. I fucking get, get, get. So, so he goes, Val, another gesticulation. He goes, and then it's the penalty. And um, On the gesticulations, before we move away from that, I feel like a lot of them, Nick Walsh probably more than others has embraced it right it's yeah. the build, theatrical the box some of them look right insecure right as well they're doing we can and this is for the benefit of the camera only just we sort of yeah you have to <laughs> that, you really have to own it yeah aye. you really have to you really have embrace to embrace it you aye. have to embrace the increased stipulation so that goal goes in it's scored right but what I noticed was what the VAR guy didn't notice was number 77 for Hearts Melly was encroaching into the penalty area now again I just don't really get this if encroaching's a thing now Stephen yep that's a thing. We saw it later on in the game. It happened in this game, but it's completely ignored. The consistency. <laughs> <laughs> that's what volumes to bring, isn't it? And, like, it just again highlights that we said last week, right, VAR, fine, it's in. It should be in. We're a, what want to be a big football and league mm. and all that. But our problem is always going to be, it's the people running VAR that will be the problem. Yeah. 
and it's just shown up. We've said the refs are incompetent, they're so bad. And on this occasion, it's not just against Celtic, it's for both teams. He missed us two stonewall penalties for each team. Mm. If there was no VAR there, he would have only given one penalty in that game and there was three absolute stonewallers. Now, there, and will he's be, missed it. there will be a point to all of this, right? That at the <laughs> end, we will put a wee bow on it. But, you know, it's the first we'll week- out as we go. It's the first weekend of VAR and we offered to give it the benefit of the doubt and now the benefit of the doubt is all dried up. So <laughs> Yeah, there is much doubt. There's no benefit left, yes, only doubt. Only so much doubt. Uh, Stephen, Melly said it. Um, third VAR incident or fourth, I've lost count already. <laughs> um, blatant handball. Oh, that was the worst oh, one. That was the worst. Blatant handball Aye. in the box. And Nick, for all the 20 seconds, dismisses it. And I want to know, and I want to understand, why did he not check the VAR TV? What was said in his ear? Definitely not a free kick, don't give them a thing. Definitely Aye. not a penalty, Aye. don't give it to them. Because he never bothered to go and check the last incident foul inside the box potential foul he went varred it looked at the TV screen awarded it this one he didn't award it gave us the signal touched his ear he was getting told something and then play continued but it was a stonewaller oh it was ridiculous there's there no debate about that you can make all the unnatural position chat all you want he leaned right into it mm. and he immediately pulled his hand the way back and made the kind of the kind of puffed out cheeks face mm. as if right, I'm in trouble here it was right on the stroke at half time it was an absolute stonewall handball. And the, again, this, what this throws up is that VAR isn't even equipped to navigate, to negotiate the various pish we hear all the time about the change in handball rules. Is it deliberate? Is it this? Mm. I don't, Michael Stewart, the, the thinking man's idiot, <laughs> was made the point that well, it has to be deliberate. Mm. Well, who's judging that? Which mind reader? Have we got VAR mind reading as well? So I don't, I don't buy that for a second. The the best part of it though, the best part of punditry about it was on Sports Sound. You hear that with Kenny Miller talking about it? No. Now, now he said it wasn't a penalty, and I'll give a couple of seconds for everyone to gather themselves after <laughs> fainting with surprise mm. at Kenny Miller didn't think it was a penalty because he said the hand was in a natural-ish position. Oh. <laughs> and do you know what I thought? Hmm, <laughs> natural-ish. No, wait a minute, there's only two categories here. There is yeah. natural and there is unnatural. Mm. Imagine you were entering, let's say, a bodybuilding competition. Oh, yeah, yeah. Put me down as natural-ish. Well, I was thinking about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, just putting it out there. But just stick me down as natural-ish. You know what I mean? yeah. But they'd be like, no, wait a minute, there's only natural and there's unnatural. Mm. Get out of my sight. Well, it's uh, Kenny Miller's tan, isn't it? And that's Mr. Universe. <laughs> and that's Mr. Universe. Um, so that one that one perplexed me how Nick Walsh again missed it, uh, how VAR seemingly missed it. That's the problem with this one, is it? Nick Walsh misses it, so you think, right, VAR will get that because mm. I'm up the other end, I can see it, Ange can see it, everybody can see it. And VAR gets replay after replay and dismisses it. So this so, is where we go, right, it's not VAR that's the problem, mm. it's the guys yeah. using VAR, so like what, we said it would be. So what must have happened there was, in his ear, Nicky, you want another look at that, son? And he's went, no, nah, definitely not a penalty. I, I don't but, think so. I think it must have been, that's not a penalty. You think so? Yeah. You think the, the, think the VAR people went, nothing to see here, not yeah. a penalty? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that, that throws up more questions than answers. Exactly. But again, as I say, it's probably not equipped to negotiate the, the various aspects of the confusing handball mm. rule as well, because I don't, I don't know now as we sit here in October 2022, I don't know yeah. what the official wording of the handball rule is, but see if you lean towards the ball when it's going past you, when you've made your body bigger in order to block the ball going past you, even if you regret it in the split second that you did it, you think to yourself, I shouldn't have done that. It's still a penalty. Of course it is. It's an absolute stonewaller. I just think, what is happening inside that VAR control room? You know, they all ordered in lunch. That was that, Cameron. What have you got there? Chips. <laughs> and then that, uh, Argyle, Argyle passes <laughs> that. Did MDC see that? Was that a penalty? I missed it, right? No, never mind. We'll get Campbell, another one. Campbell, did you catch that one? No, and he's too busy. No. You know, <laughs> have you got the curry sauce over there? It's it was right before half time, so this grand mate came out. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's the, the half time pie. Ferguson, the Ferguson. <laughs> <did you go? laughs> right. right, next up, uh, what was next? The penalty. The, the actual encroachment penalty. We had the incident where Jens. Penalty or no penalty, Stephen? Oh, that's a stonewall penalty. Yeah. Oh, that's an absolute penalty. You, like, we'll get to the Celtic performance. I don't, I don't think that was the debatable one. There was a lot of. Um, a lot of chat about the Cameron Carter-Vickers one. Now, we've already said we think it's a... Well, Melly has already said he thinks it's a stonewaller. I don't think there's any debate over the Yins one. I've seen the 
you know, quite tiresome debate involving stills with the mm. camera car vickers one where it basically amounts to a picture of the the two kind of toes meeting with the ball underneath who got to it first who 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 just about scraped their studs onto the ball first but to me that doesn't really matter because what happened immediately after that was camera car vickers came straight through and bundled them over yes. with his thigh with his thigh on the on the back end of the challenge as it were he just bundled them over, so I think that's where the film comes in. Never mind who just about toe poked so, each other. I've got no time for a very little time, especially when it comes to the subject of films and penalties for online stills. It really yeah, doesn't yeah. tell. It really doesn't tell the full story. But the Yen's one for me definitely a penalty. Yeah, for it straight away, and look, he puts his arms up. And you're like, ah. I think it was more the fact that he'd already been booked. He was hoping they wouldn't get a second booking, mm. and said, "Oh, he's already been booked," but. Giving away a, a foul in the box doesn't automatically mean you no. get a yellow card, but I thought it was a another Stonewall penalty again. That the penalties were easy decisions. <laughs> yeah, this is it. So the the penalty goes. Um, he misses this one, mm -hmm. but coincidentally, the ref spots the encroachment. The VAR guy spots the encroachment on the one he misses, not the one he scores. And then this this thing that I'd never encountered before. We I've, I've obviously maybe seen it, but I've, I've no memory of seeing it. Stephen is. If, if, if there's encroachment you get to re-hit the penalty yeah yeah Which, so it only really counts for ones that are missed so you never really examine that thing if the ball goes in yeah I, I can't imagine for a single second someone taking a penalty maybe it will come in the next few weeks we're in, we're in for a bumpy one here yeah. it may come but I can't imagine you're going to get you a lot you're going to hear a lot of the word encroachment oh uh, yeah yeah I know well, for the first time ever in Scottish football mm. we're going to be into this kind of thing but I don't I don't see for a second anyone scoring a penalty and it being a pullback for encroachment no. it remains to be seen but I'd be very surprised it's clearly the only type of thing they look at when it's been missed do we need to change the penalty rules here slightly do, do we need to because it, it seems to me you, if, uh, you could get rid of this whole encroachment argument quite easily by saying see everyone that's not taking the penalty halfway line and then whatever happens it's a breaking play you don't get not your you don't get to <laughs> you're not imagining a big sprint towards the box and you're, you're saying basically it's out of play it's out of play yeah, after the penalty's right, yeah. hit it's out of play so if it goes in it's a goal if you miss it and it goes out you're not allowed to hit in your own rebound we'll adopt the Stephen rule there so you get one kick at it just imagine Aaron Moy wheezing his way from the uh, halfway line to try and do you remember American football not American football American soccer yeah, yeah. What, what did they have they ran the... for the halfway line and... aye their penalties was that a penalty or was aye, that they settled the game they ran they ran from the halfway line like um, the charity guys they remember sometimes they do that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Park at, at, at half time it's a, there's a lot wrong with penalties because as Stephen says if, if Hearts if that goal had accounted again Hearts get a penalty, he misses, the ball falls back to him and he's able to take another go at it. I don't like that either. It just seems to be, and look, I get it, you're being punished because you fouled somebody in the box, it's a punishment, but how far does the punishment go? And I'm not just saying that because Celtic, because it's crap being a keeper, you save a penalty and then the guy's just got a tap in straight away or he plays it and Janelli comes in, if mm. that counts, you're like... Where, where does it end? Because even if we do do your way, which I, I don't think it would work, but go back to the halfway line. See if you, a guy took a shot and the keeper saved it. Imagine it fell back to the guy. He took another shot and the keeper, and people are just running in. It'd be utter <laughs> chaos. But uh, I don't. So I think something does need to be done. It feels like in football the rules haven't quite caught up with VAR yet. Mm. There's nobody sat down and right this VAR hangs in. How are we going to we're going to negotiate it? Because even like the the offside. We'll come on to the Abada one at That's the end. That's next, so you can just bring it up. So the next one we're going to talk about is the Abada offside decision. Yeah, like, uh, right, see for the linesman, there's mm. no way you can tell as a linesman that that's offside. Mm. And then even when we get Varin, shows an angle or something, yeah, or shows yeah. lines. Because Bobby Madden apparently uh, put on Instagram mm, that they get, they, it's up to the broadcaster to show the pictures with lines, yeah. they do get it. So they chose not to see it. That's the whole Why point Why do you of think that. they chose not to see it? Do you think maybe they chose not to see it because they'd realised a mistake had been made and if they throw the graphic up on screen, they don't want to throw the, the VAR under the bus in the first game because there's actual proof that a mistake was made. It's the broadcaster, isn't it? I think it's no out with the realms of possibility that Sky have got a sympathetic relationship here and they don't want the whole conversation to be about how they made a screw up with this VAR thing because they did have the graphic and it wasn't the offside was it? In many ways it'd probably be better for Sky <laughs> if it was contentious and controversial uh. and everyone was watching clips of it and all that online and it's not it's not the broadcaster's decision or it, sh it shouldn't be it's not their it's not their responsibility mm. to show the the audience 
or, or choose not to show the audience something that's important. You think it should be full disclosure every time there's a bar yeah, call shows the graphic? Not necessarily full disclosure, but... You're not, is, that, is that not the point? But, but you need to give us an angle. You need to mm. give us something. You can't just say a VAR decision was made. You know, take our word for it. But even, <laughs> even BBC, when on, on BBC uh, sports scene, not goals plus full right. fat <laughs> on full fat sports scene, they um, they for the there was an offside goal. There was a couple of offside decisions in the game. I think there was two actually. They showed the graphic for the first one, which was offside, but they didn't show the graphic for the other one. They just no. went, oh, there's a, there was a VAR call for offside there. I, I don't even know if it is offside still. I don't think it was. Right, that yeah. was the tightest one. That was the one we needed proof yeah. for. That was the one we needed some sort of evidence to, you know, if, if it's offside, so be it. If he's a toe or whatever offside, if he's a, you know, a kneecap or a shoulder, or whatever, however they're drawing the mm. lanes these days. I was half expecting a wee ruler of a shatterproof. Jurassic Park ruler across the screen. Yeah, uh, I, I, we needed to see that one. We didn't need to see much of the like, the handball. I think we could make our own minds mm. up about. But if ones that as tight as that, and as Melly said, we, we spoke about this probably as recently as last week. It's just guessing from the uh, linesman. It, there's no way you can see across that line when the ball is in, you know, moving and the players are sprinting players are faster now than they've ever been it's very very difficult to get those calls Aaron exactly Moy, right. yeah, no, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, it's very very difficult to get those calls right so he has just stuck his flag up or he has he has rather he has called that for offside if he's right tell us that yeah uh, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. you live with it because that's the point of the the whole setup we watched sports scene before we sat down at the card and that is it the Aberdeen goal we watched and you're like, that's no offside. The linesman puts his flag up when it goes in, and yeah. then we get the far. It's nowhere near offside. No, no. So again, it's just a pure guess yeah. from them every time. And we, Jamie's always said, linesman guess. They guess yeah. a lot of the time. And now we've got far. We've just been showing up that look, we've been moaning about this for <laughs> years. And the first weekend you come in, it's going to be everybody, all eyes on it. Making a rip roar off doesn't have much sympathy for it. He says they had to overcome. We had to overcome VAR on this occasion, and I'm just I'm glad we did end up getting the win because we discussed a couple of weeks ago. You're not allowed to complain when you win handsomely yeah. about your. That was knowledge. just last week we discussed. Yeah. So you are. Uh, well, it was the Edinburgh teams, isn't it? So yeah. we beat <laughs> both Edinburgh teams, and there was contentious referee decision, and we can't. We can't complain about it, or else the boys from I, I don't know. Nobody really watches it that TV show. That, <laughs> I think it's called. What's it called the What's it called? The one, um, the one on uh, the terrace, El Dorado. Ah, yeah, it's about as popular as El Dorado. They really kick up if you beat an Edinburgh team and you oh, complain yeah, yeah. and you complain about the referees. Um, another person who is absolutely deluded about the result was Robbie Nielsen. He yeah. he said, "Quote Stephen, we went toe to toe with Celtic today. We rattled them." <laughs> <laughs> You you rattled us four three. Uh, did they, does he mean very literally rattled? As in we were kind of shaken, we were terrified. Oh, maybe, we, yeah, maybe I don't, I don't think he means meant. rattled as in wait, sort battered of, us. Ah, just yeah. sort of unpleasant connotation of uh, being Celtic no, being no, rattled. Do you think we were shaken? I don't. Th I don't think at any time of the game we looked shaken by by Hearts. Uh, it was an entertaining game. It was a back and forth. Clearly, Celtic were in danger of mm. of dropping some points. It was points. a slobber knocker. Oh, yeah. it was a slobber knocker. I had a good time. I, I thoroughly enjoyed my afternoon. I watched it in the Berlin CSC. Oh, did you? Elvino oh. did flow. Hey, uh, Mister Worldwide over uh, there. Yeah, he's over there signing autographs, getting pictures, <laughs> taking kissing babies. Quite, quite enjoyed it, particularly as the afternoon went on a bit. Spent a bit too much time in there, but another result rolled in <laughs> late in the afternoon, which just sort of brought everything straight back <laughs> up again. So yeah, it was thoroughly enjoyable. But I was. It's a great game. I can't really. I mean, it was a it was a great afternoon mm. in terms of the result. Of course, I can't really think back and think right. Celtic were really on the ropes there. I mean, I know we're losing a couple of points in the game, but I don't know if I can necessarily agree with his his description of the game as being rattled. I think he's as deluded about that as he is about his hair. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, look, we can't do this two weeks in a row because last week we had to go at the Hibs manager for his club <laughs> and now we can't slag the appearance of Robbie Nielsen. Melly. He's, he's a money bastard, isn't he? he it's he always, always something. He, his team benefited from near enough, and for a fact, from all the VAR decisions mm. and he still moaned about it. Uh, he's, what, lost 10 games in 15? He yeah, seems he's going to get the sack. You think so? I think It'll be fine. I just nah. don't see it. I mean, these Hearts fans are calling for this. They, I think I think Hearts fans have called for the sack of Robbie Nielsen on three separate occasions. Did they not do it? And then he got them promoted and then they were wanting him sacked. Are they, for some reason, they always want rid of him. And to be honest, with this record, he's probably on a sugarly peg. Yeah, like the brand of football he plays, isn't he, isn't he very stylish at mm. all? But 
I thought Hearts, maybe they did rattle Celtic in the fact that I thought Celtic find it difficult to get out. I think when Celtic have Jack and Marcus, we sort of go a bit too direct to him sometimes. It works sometimes, mm. but I thought the... 19 goals and 20 starts. Aye, you can't argue with that, but it's the... It's the sort of get out. Well, we'll just punt it long if mm. we're in trouble instead of if Kyogo's playing, there's no point doing that. So we try and work it a bit more. But it was more the Hearts didn't press Carter Vickers or Jens. They waited until the ball went to O'Reilly and the two fullbacks. And they sort of had the striker going between the two centre halves. And they had the two wide players and Snodgrass, I think it was. Closing down the free. <laughs> Just as you mentioned Snodgrass there, I'm reminded of something that Stephen said pre-record. But <laughs> yeah. Hands up if this is how you found out Robert Snodgrass <laughs> played for Hearts, because I had absolutely no idea. I saw him take a shot in the first half, I was like, that's the other Graham Dorans in this team. How did they end up with Robert Snodgrass? But I, I was blown away by surprise with that. They all come crawling back, don't they? they all come crawling back. I did like say, I, I have many... Many problems with Celtic TV's commentary team. Yes. Many problems. We'll get on to that. That's me finished. No, <laughs> but, but see, in fairness, uh, Jerry did have a bit of a zinger when he was talking about Snodgrass just after he had a shot. He said, he said, a really good, successful, long career, lucrative career down south. But he's getting to that twilight stage where you have to make a decision. You have to uh, you either hang up your boots or you go and sing for hearts. That's <laughs> a belter, Jerry. Always forgiven. <laughs> oh, but, but before I forget as well, if our, and yeah, it is going to be a thing. We have to accept yep. it now. We have to open our hearts and our arms to VAR. We need Tom Boyd off those oh, podcasts. Tom he Boyd, is, we he's love gonna, you. Yeah, he's going to make himself ill. Celtic great, Celtic legend, but we can't have a six-year-old man hyperventing over <laughs> referees' decisions he's at all times. Working himself into illness. Yes, uh, this, to be honest, he's oh, he's he's losing it. But I feel bad for him. I know. I watched back the, the game, and it was obviously in Celtic to be like Tom man. Still, oh, how does that goal count if a uh, Ralston doesn't? Lad, it doesn't. <laughs> to be anything. fair, to be fair to him, it's exactly what we've been doing for the last. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, can't believe the guy's stewing over referee decisions. <laughs> Meanwhile, us three are sat here. He's only saying what we're all thinking, <laughs> but, but too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but just back to Hearts, I thought that the way they press Celtic, they let the two centre halves have it, and then as soon as the ball went to the two fullbacks and Matt O'Reilly, they pressed it, and I think it was. O'Reilly, it wasn't poor, but he got caught on the ball a bit more. And it was a game where I think it, it was a game where it's not really happened too much, but I noticed we missed Cal McGregor here because he would have found the pockets of space to receive the ball. And Ralston and more so Burnaby were just getting caught on the ball. But I also include maybe Moy and Hitati and the two wide players, not making themselves available when it got into those guys. I think Hearts played is quite well, but everybody just had to work a bit harder. And, some, like I think, come on to Burnaby, but I just think playing him in games like Hibs and St. Johnson, that's fine, but that's a ways, a bit of a sticky one to throw a guy like that in. I know he's been playing well and all that, but just one of those games, look, he'll learn a lot from this, mm. but it's a real tough one to throw him in. And I think he'd been very polite. Throws. I mean, he, he was, uh, was bowling goalie-esque. <laughs> <It was laughs> some, some of his performances. Bernahes. Uh, <laughs> he had an absolute shocker. But the thing is, I'm... I'm open to that. I'm I'm okay with that. Mm. Him having the odd It'll shocker be fine, because it? I think it's what I've been saying all along with him since he's been in the team more regularly. He hasn't had a you know consistent run in the team because he's not going to get one because Greg Taylor's been absolutely brilliant for him. But when he does come in, uh, my overriding thought about him is that he's going to have the odds the odd shocker here and there just because of how he plays and. Again, the things I've been saying the whole time: young player adjusting to new environments. He's very he's very aggressive very positive, very direct, that is going to cause problems mm. on occasion until he settles down, becomes yeah. a wee bit more aware of his surroundings, a wee bit more accustomed to his teammates and all that. He's going to drop the odd clanger here and there. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know what, it wasn't even that bad. It was just his, his passing was bad. His pa yeah. Some of his defensive work as well. He was absolutely shocking. His passing was was very bad. Uh, it was skinned a couple of times, didn't cut out a cross when... Um, like all the goals. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I tried. <laughs> I tried there, didn't I? You did, you tried. You, yeah. really, you, really, you really tried your best. But, yeah, you maybe don't want him to have your bad games to that extent, but I think we should be be aware of the the idea that that might happen on occasion as he as he adjusts his surroundings because he is that type of player. It's a kind of rough rough with the smooth thing. We've got a few players like that. We mm. have got a few players who you do you can afford to carries the wrong word, but I I think what I'm trying to get is that you can afford to have a player in the team even if he's not performing all that well because of something else he adds yeah. we've spoken about 
Maeda, and I know that got to the kind of borderline of he's not contributing anything other mm. than running about, but he's thankfully getting a couple of goals. Hatati's another one. I, I know I want, want to talk about Hatati tonight because I thought he's been absolutely excellent recently. But Bernabe is another one of those guys where we might have to just put up with a couple of couple yeah. of shockers from him I'm, on occasion as he's as he's. It's that cliche about young players, isn't it? You yeah, know, that yeah. their form dips in and out. He'll learn more for that game than he will yeah, yeah. that six one against Hibs or whatever. I'd love game to be in a flying the ball when they do the, the the analysis, you know, up at Lennox Town, they, they watch the game <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah. Take yeah. a seat. If <laughs> <laughs> you get comfortable, you'll be here for a wee while. <laughs> A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. Stephen, Michael Myers sure is scary. But the last thing you need to be is hairy this Halloween. Luckily, our friends at Manscaped have launched their fourth generation performance package to make sure your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience on this spooky day. Turn your bite-sized treat into king-sized candy and join six million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped Go to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS. Make the right call this spooky season. It's trick or trim. Jamie, do you know what I used to do before Manscaped came along? Broken bottles. Scissors and or sometimes fire. It, it simply doesn't work, so thanks to Manscaped for finally coming along. Have you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Well, luckily Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure you're feeling your best in your costume. Unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They've made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine. It's a full moon out and the werewolf in your pants is howling. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to tackle that problem with a lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off of free shipping with the code TIMS at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS, T-I-M-S, at manscaped.com. Say trick or treat to beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. It was simple things, but in his game, it, like, he get caught on the ball for one of the balls, the goals that goes out, and most of them are crosses from his side where he's not close enough to Ginelli or whoever is crossing it. The second heart's goal, it's his side and it goes in, you're like, He's got out to the ball quicker and then the next one again for the third, uh, the second penalty. He doesn't close down again. The ball comes in and then Jens, it just it seemed to be all down his side. Passing was poor, and, but hearts were right on him, pressing him. So it's obviously something they targeted, but he'll learn from that. And I've no worries about him. It was just a bad game yeah, for him. Yeah, and yeah. look, Celtic still got through it. And look, while well, you say Robbie Nielsen, Hearts rattled us. It wasn't like the St Mirren game where you're looking at it going, we're 2-1 down. Mm. How are we going to get out of this? Like, still 40 minutes um, to go. We'll be fine. And then even when Hearts get it back to free each, and we are looking at Celtic, like Taylor's coming on, Abada, 
Ak Sabanovic, like I think we've still got it in us to win us. And that's no that's not just arrogance, that's just what Ange's built here because every goal we let in, so you let in three goals, a guy gets a hat trick against you. Didn't seem to phase the players and look, that's a tough away ground to go to, tough place to go to about your captain. Celtic were up against it, but they never looked up against it to me. Well, that's that that's his loser talk for Robbie Nielsen. You know, yeah. he's he's lost he's scored three goals against us. He's he a lot of that in Scottish. I know football, he's, but, he's lost he's scored three goals against us, he's lost four and he's come that way praising the team. I mean, you, you think you're the that's that's your home ground. That's one of the games at the beginning of the season. He'd want to try and take some points, and he couldn't do it. You were at the game, Melly. Forgot to mention at the top of the podcast, patreoncom slash 20 minute times. You have match reactions for every single Celtic match match reaction podcast. But we also have a whole host of other great content, including an exclusive Discord for all in members. We think it's a fantastic Celtic community where they are. We're discussing Celtic, all aspects of Celtic. But there's loads of great stuff in there. We discuss everything. We just share our lives in the Discord. Yeah. So that's patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims if you want to support the podcast and get involved. Jota, uh, Anne said that he's back. He'll be training this week. He might be available for the weekend fixture. But in the meantime, Abaddon, James Forrest, are fighting it out to see who can impress the manager more to see if they can keep Jota's return at bay. Um, James Forrest obviously doing what James Forrest does. James yeah, Forrest yep. tings. Uh, Abada weighing in with some goals. We, but we've not really got to discuss the Motherwell match much because of the time you guys watch us it'll be a week old but I've got a question to ask you is Abada better without the ball? Yes <laughs> uh, the Motherwell game was incredible you're kind of right we can't argue with this, this guy because he's scoring but at the same time yes you can because his rest he's played is so poor there's even one against Hearts that came on the ball goes out to him he's got acres of time to put the ball across and he puts it straight mm. into Craig Gordon's hands Acres, acres of, of time. time. Acres of time. <laughs> How are we measuring that? Now? Can you just, Steve? What is an acre? Oh, it's a, it's an expanse of land. It's a, me, a unit of. <laughs> is it? <laughs> a unit of distance, isn't it? So or, or area? It, rather. See if an acres a unit of distance, Stephen. Right? <laughs> Why is Melly saying acres of time? <laughs> No idea. No, I, I don't. I simply do not know. Hmm. But I think I don't think anyone noticed. So you, what we'll do is we'll plow on. You dummy. Plow that acre of time. Okay, there we go, Melly. What we'll do is I'll not edit my mistake like you done for your wee one there. And she let them peek behind the curtain. <laughs> acres of space and time. Right. Okay. And he just puts it in Craig Gordon's arms. So he is. Mm. He's kind of like Raheem Sterling. I think that mm. sort of player. I look, I've had a, He does come up with are goals. You, are you sure? Are you sure about us like Raheem Sterling? Because Raheem Sterling's he, really good. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not a, a, a guy that takes the ball, skins yes, players yeah, and gets yeah. it in, is he? He finds these spaces and scores. But when you see the rest, he, look, Raheem Sterling's a really good player, but kind of the pre-mark version of Raheem Sterling yeah. for me. And I think just the way Celtic play with their wingers, I think Abada would be good in another team. Not saying this team, but the way Liverpool play with their two fullbacks going on the outside and the two forwards move inside, that's more a bad as game, not the opposite where the fullbacks go inside and the wingers go outside. But, but he, he scores goals and his all round plays fine when you're playing Motherwell and everybody else is playing well and contributing. It's when that falls down and looks at Mirren game where him and Abai Maeda having bad games where you go, this isn't working with those two. And I worried about that in the Hearts game with Forrest and Maeda because it's got to be Jota and Haksabanovic on one side and then the other three, one mm -hmm. and the other. And look, while Forrest and Maeda weren't great when Abada came on, it was much of the same. The Motherwell game, he got two goals, but his all-round performance was poor. Got to admit, Stephen, when I see Abada on the right-hand side of the wing making a tits of a cross <laughs> right. repeatedly... I want to set myself on fire. <laughs> I want to set yeah. myself ablaze because I am sick to the back teeth of seeing it. Then the guy pops up and scores handfuls of goals and I'm like, I don't know what to do about that. I, I don't know how to resolve this. I think I said that, Jinder, because I've got no idea what I'm watching with Abad anymore. I've got <laughs> no. no idea how to talk about him because the fact is, the guy's just, whatever it is, he's got it in front of goal. Both of his goals against Motherwell were from between the posts. So proper like striker's position. That's exactly where you want your centre forward to be. I don't I don't necessarily buy into this idea that he's a... He's a, a like a great centre forward waiting to to be discovered. Mm. If we just simply play him there, I don't I don't know about that. We've not really seen enough evidence of it so far. But one thing is, it does score from those positions. Whether he would be able to do it consistently as like a run, if you were to 
accept him maybe as the third choice centre forward. Mm. I'm not suggesting Celtic should do this, but if you were to do it, I don't know if he would be able to do it consistently enough. But he does score from those those positions. There's no getting away from it. However, everything else he does is so alert. Very limited. The reactions of a mongoose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's a it's kind of a good problem Celtic have got now mm. because we have jot out right. Fine, we have to find creativity creativity from other places and but guys like Moy and Hatati are stepping up but you're looking at the wingers and I didn't think Forrest or Maeda played particularly well they did good things in the Hearts game but again James Forrest has scored what four goals in three games mm. Maeda hasn't played well scores a goal against Hearts then has a hand in the last goal as well uh, in the Motherwell game yeah. uh, and you're like, right, he's got two goals in three games and a bad at like, oh, no contributors. He's got goals as well. Mm. So we're having these guys all not playing particularly well, but scoring, you're like, all right, lads. It's, it would be a problem if it was like the St. Mirren game and people weren't performing or we were going back a few weeks when we had none of them were performing. You're like, right, who's going to play when Jota's out? But they're all doing okay and scoring goals, which, fine. See, when you look at our performances recently, and particularly the performances of some of these players that have really, really ramped up, Rio Hitati is one of them, but when you look at our performances in the last couple of games, and then you think back to that St Mirren game. Oh, I know. You're like, what happened? What ha honestly, a, what happened? It really is. I think the, the mounting evidence for this is it just was a bad day. It yeah. was just a blip, wasn't it? Uh, we At the time, we, we said it was due to the amount of changes, or not necessarily the amount of changes, but the type of changes that were made because all of the changes kind of exposed a lot of flaws. Like Stephen Welsh looked really bad because he wasn't next to Carter Vickers mm. and so on. But I think the... I think the, the reality is it was just a bad day at the office, just a just a shocker of a game because everybody who played in that game, well, for the most part, everyone has turned it on since. Yeah, Even yeah. Maida, who, like, we've already mentioned him, Mel, you listed that he's had a couple of goals, but he should have had a really clever assist against Hearts oh, as well. Right. And he, he kind of padded it back off to Moy, who, the, the, the advancing Aaron Moy into oh. the box had missed, sclaffed it left-footed from about four S yards. See, when he did that, I took the, the nickname, the, the, the bald Zidane, Took take, it off take him. it away yeah, you can't have it you uh, can have it back if you start to turn it on again Aaron but I, 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 thought, you, I thought it was great in the game aye but he fuck it. he was still he can still be good but we're not calling him the balls of Dan anymore <laughs> till he scores till he scores <laughs> he needs to make up for that absolutely that was a shocker uh, was a, I, I was jumping at, you know, what, what's happened here <laughs> he get on I know. <laughs> no longer the bald Attilio Lombardo no <laughs> no he's not even that anymore it's absolutely no nah, that was that was an absolute shocker but I think he had a really good game great corner for Yakimasi's mm. goal yeah it was him that put the cross in for the wheel chopped off Alston. goal the Ralston mm. one as well so I, I think he had a great game but that miss was unbelievable was the ball John Joe Shelby he needs to really <laughs> he needs to pick his game up a wee bit and, uh, uh, Stephen wants to talk about Hitati and we can maybe work it in here mm. because the the balance we've got in that midfield Matt O'Reilly didn't have his best game there uh, at the weekend but that's done a good job against him yeah and he, he still manages to win a lot the ball back and keep things ticking over but he was brilliant in the Motherwell game yeah. in the midweek so but just having Hattati and Moy there, two completely different footballers, but just work so well in midfield together because you've got Hattati, just this guy that's trying to make things happen, always getting that guy that comes out to the wide area, makes that overload and puts these wee passes through. And then you've got Moy who rarely gives the ball away, looks like he's towing a caravan, but never looks like losing the ball. Mm. And some of his passing, like his delivery, the way he can set things up. And look, he's got an engine on him. It's a slow one, but he yeah. gets about the pitch and he does press. He's a, he's a turbo diesel, isn't he? <laughs> he's a reliable, but 1.1 litre. Yeah, is that yeah. what saying? No, yeah. no, no. He's one of these big, slow American V8s. Right, like okay. He's got a huge, big, thundering V8, but very, very slow. Gas guzzler. Yeah. Basically, it doesn't last very long. <laughs> he's got torque. Aye. It's, got, it's got some impressive aspects to yeah. it, but it doesn't last very long. Moy's got torque, but it doesn't have speed. <laughs> Right, it's just the balance they have there. The shit we talking about. <laughs> I know, it's it's unbelievable, man. Try to wrestle this back. Yeah. <laughs> Seven years of this. What, what was that I said last week? All of our luck came home to roost at the yes. same time, or something like that. We're sitting Seven here criticizing Tom Boyd, yeah. and we're yeah. sitting here waffling. Anyway, <laughs> on. But it's just a good balance in there because one gives away the ball because he tries to make things happen, but one can keep the ball and make things happen. And I think it's just good the way the two of them are playing the now because. Moy coming on to a game and it just looks like again that St Mirren game was a blip he's just looking like I can completely understand why Ange Postacoglu yeah, signed this guy completely. now and just real Hitati you said it before we have started recording that like, since the Champions League games he just upped it and like 
it's just class watching the guy play. You know sometimes he's going to give silly passes away. He, you know if Celtic get a throw in, he's going to attempt that pass over there. Yeah. It doesn't always work, but when it does, it's slub- sublime. And just, you know, if Celtic create something, he's going to be in there within three passes and it's going to end up class. I think Hatati's a fantastic footballer. I really do. I think we've had various discussions about him and his erratic passing and his mm. form and all that. But I think it's reached the point now where, much like with Abada last season, we just said, look, there's no point in focusing on the negatives because no. of the amount of positives that, that, that he brings to the team. In some ways, he's like Abada in that he's one of the guys who you think, you, you make the calculation thinking, right, can we afford to have him in the team when he's sometimes not in the greatest of form? Mm-hmm. And the answer is still yes. Yeah. Yeah. So is the same, despite our you know, reservations about Abada, what he contributes elsewhere, he still scores, scores goals, so he's still a valuable part of the team. But Hatate is it's almost like he's the opposite of that in that you don't carry a guy like Hatate because he might get on the end of something, he might score a goal or anything like that. The reason you keep him in the team is because he's making everything else happen. Yeah, He is the guy... I haven't I haven't watched it back, but if, I reckon if you were to watch Celtic's last 15, 20 goals back just in a compilation, you would see key elements from Hatate mm. in almost all of them. 14 in a week, mate. Just yeah, exactly. Just, it's, you know. it's not even necessarily the assist, which is why that can sometimes be a bit of a bullshit stat. Yeah. It's not necessarily the most accurate of st- or the most telling of stats. But Hatate is often the guy who springs the attack. I can picture him several times recently being the you know Hatati's kind of mostly the left sided of the of the three in midfield, but all the time he pops up in near the right corner flag and plays those clever little passes inside to an advancing Ralston in mm. this occasion. It was him that got the the cross for Forest School as well. He does that all the time. Just pops out there and plays a little just an incisive pass in behind the fullback and our fullback runs onto it. Was it, it the St Johnston one was very similar yeah, yeah, as well? exactly. And the he, first Hearts goal? He popped up for the, the goal against Shakhtar. I know it wasn't his goal because I don't think it was a, it was even a shot. He basically just tried to cut it back and he, he got it in. But he's contributing so, so much. Such good awareness as well yeah. of wherever there's on the pitch. A, a real... You know, Maverick has thrown it about a lot in football, but I think it applies here because mm. he's always trying... You know, pretty outrageous things on the pitch so there's that, that kind of first time volleyed pass he, he's fond of he likes a shot as well but he does have that little bit unpredictable midfielder yeah. and I think that we we need that in a team because we do have really good footballers in there Aaron Moy Callum McGregor not just now obviously but Matt O'Reilly can be a creative presence but not necessarily just now because he's he's covering for Callum McGregor. But Hatati's just got that that certain X factor about him mm. that makes him a real unpredictable force on on the pitch. And he's just he's getting better and better. And you know, I think he's you know, player of the year material for for Celtic if mm. he continues this form because the sky's the limit with the guy. I think he's been absolutely excellent, excellent recently. And there's absolutely no point in my mind of focusing on the I beat. He's a bit erratic with his passing because that is hugely outweighed by the amount of positive he brings to the team yeah and that's why he's going to be at Celtic but with Hitati you can see there's so much more improvement yeah. he can make and that's why I love watching him you said the word awareness there Jamie and it just reminded me something I wanted to say is that Hitati is so unpredictable and Moy is so predictable but it just works as that good balance and the two of them the way Celtic play is when we're passing out from the back they've usually got their back to go and sort of out wide when they receive the ball, but the way you can pass it into Moy and he's aware of everything that's around mm. him and he can do these wee clip balls round the side to players. You go, you know somebody was going to be there at that second and then somebody was there. The his awareness, but Hatati's got a completely different type of awareness that's just as good and just as effective because he can do these turns and then he does that wee sort of flick round the back that he's done so many times. It's great to watch the two guys in full flow because when they're they're in full flow, they are Celtic and we can carry sometimes when they two are playing well. It doesn't matter if Forrest and Maeda aren't creating because things will get created mm. for them, but it can fall down sometimes. But when we've got Haksabanovic to come off and Jota coming back, you're really looking at this team going... We've got five guys who can play really well out wide. Haksabanovic can go in the middle, but Bumble's coming back. But you can't drop Moy and Hatati no. right now. They're just playing too well. It's a sitcom, isn't it? Celtic's midfield, Moy and Hatati. They're nothing alike, but they just go together yeah. really well. <laughs> like what a buddy cop. <laughs> Moy's the kind of older presence, just kind of shaking his head and giving wee smirks to Hatati, and he's running about doing whatever he wants. It's lovely stuff. What I was going to say was, what is the opposite of Maverick? 
because if Hatati's a maverick eh, and Moy might fall into this cap as well but another guy who definitely does is Greg Taylor because he's mm. not a maverick at all but he has been brilliant in Greg since you turned those Instagram comments <laughs> on boy you have never looked back and I know you listen I know you did it because we've been saying I know you listen to the podcast you did it because we asked you to and ever since he did it there's been nothing but praise on that Instagram Greg nothing but praise it's the best thing you've ever done and he's been on fire since God knows two or three months. Well, oh, yeah. even longer. Aye. Probably start, oh, I start the season. Start I did my disservice. Then, right? Start he, of the year. When he came back Any from advance? that, it, that was, <laughs> whenever he got that shoulder injury and he was on the touchline, pure tunies, chewing gum. Oh, yeah. But um, Greg Taylor, when he came on, I thought not that I'd criticise Ange on this, but when Celtic went three two up with a Maeda goal, that's the sort of Maeda goal you're looking for, isn't it? You thought, right, settle down, Celtic, mm. and I thought that was the point because just as uh, Jackie Marcus was about to score his goal or Maeda I can't remember which one but players were warming up and it it subsequently became the players that came on the three that came on and Kyogo but when Jackie Marcus scored he got told to sit down I just thought bring on Greg Taylor now for Burnaby Celtic are ahead we didn't do that and it went free each but as soon as he came on everything just calmed down and that was what I was talking about when Celtic were playing out as soon as he came on we just didn't lose the ball mm. playing out anymore and he became an option. The way he'll go on the outside and wait to see who comes with him and then just do a wee feint and go back inside to receive the ball. He just gets the ball, keeps it going and look, even if he hadn't scored, I would, and somebody else had scored, I'd have wanted to single him out for praise because he didn't put a foot wrong as soon as he yeah. came on. How can a left back come on and have an effect on the game? And he done it. He was absolutely incredible. I'm so pleased for him scoring the winner. Yeah, well, that's his first league goal for Celtic, mm, I think. Yeah. Of course, he scored against Rangers, but I can't, another guy who's been absolutely brilliant this season. In many ways, he came on and was good just purely by dint of not being better. Yeah. Being yeah. The game. <laughs> yeah, I think well, if, I... had I been at the game, I, I wasn't. Um, I was away from, out of the country, but then I peek behind the curtain. Sometimes Melly sits behind me at Celtic Park, mm. behind me and just slightly to my left, just so just over my shoulder. Only happens once every couple of seasons. It's it's rare, right? But on occasion, I get so scunnered with a performance, I'll turn around and give him the <laughs> point to a guy. And for the benefit of anyone just listening, I'm doing the substitution yes. hand gesture, basically mm. the, the spinning of the fingers to as if to say, get him off. Yes. And I think Bernabe may have been the recipient of one of those <laughs> had I been at the game. But, but Greg Taylor came on completely absolutely buzzing to score he's yeah. got as well what a celebration it was he's always still got that uh, resting knackered face yep. uh, <laughs> yes. at all times but he was uh, uh, overjoyed to, to score that goal and what a, what a big goal it was because again as much as we've spoken about how you know we're confident that Celtic get the job done I think what you were describing earlier Melly was just faith in the team yeah. Yeah. the belief in the team rather than arrogance I don't think I think that's probably a better way to put it but as as much as you, you, you keep the faith keep the hail as it says yeah. over your, your shoulder there Jamie it, it, that, there's no. It was a weird enough game that it could have gone either way. It could have anything could have happened in that game as we've already described. So, uh, Greg Taylor, huge moment. Uh, I'm just I'm buzzing for him every bit as much as he is for himself. It was an important goal in the context of the game. It turned out to be an important goal in the context of the league because you know Rangers um, yeah. ended up <laughs> ended up dropping points with, with Livingston yeah. to help us restore our lead at the top to to four points. Still taking out league duty. And on to Champions League stuff. Melly, what can we possibly get for this? We need to win, don't we? Mm. We need to win this one. We're out, but we've seen we've seen progress, we've seen performances, but this is a chance to go out and win a game. It's mm. against a team that we probably should beat, we already should have beat. For it to be like, right, okay, we see we can see real progress. I think we need to get three points in one of these two games. Probably not going to be in a Real Madrid game. No. So this is the one to target. And look, it's We've still got a chance of getting Europa League no matter how slim it is but we have to go out and win and maybe remind the listeners and me uh, for those who don't <laughs> quite understand that uh, how, how do we get into Europa League again? We, we need to better Shakhtar's points tally whether that's get four points from these two games mm -hmm. or get six points okay so it's a win and a draw at so if least. we beat Shakhtar and then lose to Real Madrid which you would think but Shakhtar also lose the next two games we get into the Europa League yeah, no, we need four points. Oh, we need four points to get into Europe. Right? <sighs> yeah. yeah, I thought you meant Shakhtar's points totally over the next two games, so we need four points. Okay, oh, Stephen, much faith in that? Well, I mean, all, all focus is now on the Europa League. We've already done our autopsy of the Champions yeah. League run, so no sense going back into that. All the focus now is on the slim but 
possible chance mm. of getting into the Europa League. Let's. Why don't we just look at the Shakhtar game then yeah, in, well, in isolation, Stephen? Do you think, I mean, forget everything else, forget the position we're in in the group as a whole. We, we, I mean, it's a game we can win. It's, yeah, a tie, yeah, it's, it's a tie we can win. How are we tie it to the... Tie. Yeah, to the tie, to, to the... The, the group itself is that maybe one of the biggest obstacles to this game is just knowing that we're out. Yeah. You know I mean, it, that mm. could possibly have a psychological blow to the, to the confidence of the team because it hasn't gone all that well. We've spoken at length about how it's a kind of hard luck story we should have done better. But at the same time, now we've been told in no uncertain terms that we're out of this competition. So it's up to it's up to the players and, and Ange, of course, as well to read, redouble the efforts and galvanise the team to go into this and try and win. But there's no getting away from the fact Human nature might suggest that we're out of this competition. And they know as well as we do. We've just sat here and kind of rolled our eyes at the mm. chances of actually getting into the Europa League. They know that as well. I'm not, I'm not saying that the players will have completely lost belief, but there's no there's no doubt that that target has been taken away from us. So I think it might do us good. I think yeah, a lot yeah. of these players have struggled under the limelight of the, the Champions League. I think of them, a lot of them have shied away from the big stage. I don't think they've, they've grasped this opportunity. And I think having this pressure off them to just go out and play, you know, you're out of the competition already, just go out and play and see see what can happen. I think we've discussed in the podcast last couple of weeks, players that have passed and players that have failed and players that have maybe found the challenge too much, found the stage too much and said it himself about anxieties and all that at this level, challenges and anxieties. I think the fact that we're out of this competition might stand in our favour tomorrow, Miley. It might do. And I think this, this game might be the telling one and the fact that, look, we're out, but we're going into this having scored 14 goals in a week. Mm. Well, in the last three games, sorry. So there's no problem scoring goals for Celtic in these games. So if we get into this game and miss five or six clear-cut chances, then maybe it is a Champions League. Maybe it is missing these chances at this level rather than Scotland. So time will tell on that. But I, I think it could just be like, if Celtic play the way they've been playing in the previous four games and get that slice of luck, I think that's all that's missing where you get that chance and it goes in. It's not quite happened for us, but no reason for us not to go out and do that. We played mm -hmm. very well against Shakhtar away from home, should have beat them. But again, you're in the Champions League and you just look and go, that Mudrich could rip us apart. Yeah, with he's two, the fastest kid alive. Uh, two chances and you're like, that is what you're up against because Celtic could again go out, play well, play brilliant and like in the first game, a, it's a really not a nothing ball but it's a ball down the line and it, it just powers through in mm. bags at you like okay, that doesn't happen often to yeah, Juranovic as well I mean it absolutely uh, torched him for speed I <laughs> yeah. know he's arguably the fastest player we, we've got in the team he just absolutely torched him yeah I've got, the point I made a minute ago about you know how psychological blows can happen and you might find yourself a little bit demotivated for mm. this I'm really only presenting a kind of devil's advocate argument mm. for it what I'd what I generally think about the game is that you know, there's no reason for us to go to that game not thinking we're going to win because no. I think Celtic are good enough to go and get the win. I think they deserve a win in the Champions League and this is the best opportunity to get one. As much as we're already out, it's still a chance to go out and prove something in Europe. But still go, to go out and get a win would be a, a big achievement because we know it's not easy. Mm. We've sat here for weeks bemoaning the fact that this is really hard uh, yeah. to, to win. Yeah. Shakhtar... It's really hard. <laughs> there, there's still teams playing for things. You know, Shakhtar still need to qualify and, and all that. So we just need to go out and Hope that everything that Celtic have built in the Champions League, yeah, not in terms of points, I know that, but everything Celtic have been sort of working towards comes together in this mm. game. Hopefully it does. And I think there's every reason for fans to expect. It might seem like a strong word, but we should be going into this fancying it, to be yeah, honest. Should be confident. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, and we will be there. We will have, as we've discussed before, a match reaction podcast at the match. It's called patreon.com slash 20 minute terms but most of all thanks for listening to three guys shitting around <laughs> talking about Celtic if you watch us on YouTube please hit subscribe if you listen to us on iTunes or Apple or something please leave us a little review but most of all thanks for watching and listening small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 